0: Amen. Well, I think I got the mic working, so that's the first battle covered. Um, I'm just super happy to be up here and uh, excited <laughs> to present the message today. It's our second week in the series Relatable. I get to tell you how I feel I can relate to one of these biblical superheroes. It's funny to me because I am extremely nervous. Not just a little bit. I'm just extremely nervous. <laughs> Um, I'm so nervous I didn't sleep a whole lot this whole week. I, every time I lay down, my things are going through my head. Uh how am I gonna be how am I gonna be? What am I gonna wear? Uh, as you see, Russ told me to be comfortable, so the uh parrot shoes are still here. Um, but uh man there's so many thoughts go through your head. You want you you see yourself being amazing, you know, just like Russ up here, just you know lining yourself with god and all this stuff and uh that might not be me. Um, and then you you picture yourself as gomer Pyle. and this will be real, Ooh, that's probably a little closer but I'm trying to shoot for somewhere in the middle. Okay. So let's just get into this message. Have you ever been reading the bible and thought to yourself this this character this this biblical figure is just amazing. They they accomplish so much. How could I ever relate to somebody like that? How could I um, how can I do these amazing things? I mean, I know when I saw the uh, the Ten Commandments movie with uh, Charlton Heston and he was like let my people go I just thought this guy's this guy's great he's turning staffs into snakes he's parting the Red Sea he is amazing uh, it's not till you get into later that you find out, or you get a little older, I guess, and figure things out, that you find that he wasn't that amazing. It's, it's truly the, God, the power of God that allowed him to do these things. A little something many of you may not know about me. When I was very young, I we went to a little church in uh, South Pekin. Um, I kind of thought it would be cool to be a pastor. I mean, these, these guys get up here and they give you a message and the people just sit there and listen to it like it's the most important thing they're going to hear all week. I think it would be pretty cool to feel that important. Um, not to mention they only work like one or two days a week. That's all, that's all you see. And the, we were there on Sundays and Wednesdays. I mean, they had the rest of the week to play golf or whatever. My golf game would probably not be struggling like it is right now. Uh, you remember that as a kid, so I've, I figured out since then that it's a little more involved than that. Uh, especially while I was preparing this message. I learned how hard they really work. I mean, they have to prepare a message every week. I just had to do this one. I had a, I had a couple of months to prepare this thing, and the first time I presented it to, to the teaching team, it was like nine minutes long. I felt like I was up here for half a day, but it was only <laughs> nine minutes long. Uh, I also learned how much I can procrastinate, because when I when I let that fear get inside me, oh, like right now, um, I tend to just want to avoid those things and just not, not even attempt them. Um, so, uh, the good news is, at least we should get to our lunch dates a little early today. <laughs> um, I changed my mind about wanting to be a pastor or anything else that would have me up in front of people talking which is really, I think it sounded good right now. I'm just uh, that, The thing that changed my mind the most was, uh, while we were still at this little church in South Pekin, I was somehow talked into doing a solo of Hark the Herald Angels. I don't know what I was thinking, but I was, like I said, I was pretty young. Um, that solo did not go very well. I was probably a little more nervous than I am now somehow. Um, I think I just put too much pressure on the response I was going to get, what people were going to think of me. And I I wasn't very focused on the power of God and what he could do if I just let him in. Um, Has anybody in here ever had to do a speech in high school? You, you remember being were you a little afraid, or was everybody just perfect on that first time? I was I was a little afraid, and, and by the way, I need to sip of water real quick. Excuse me. Um, that was about the time I started trying to hide behind humor to uh, to get through things. And I just. I guess I just figured if uh, if I started laughing, then I wouldn't notice them laughing at me. I remember doing my uh, my introductory speech on. I don't know if anybody knows this famous author Seymour Butts. He did. He wrote the book Behind the Bleachers. That was my introductory speech, and let me tell you, I couldn't keep my face straight for half a second. So it, the whole class was laughing. I do believe I passed. I don't remember what the grade was, but it, it, was, it was a struggle uh, to get through that. Uh, I also did a, we had to do a demonstration speech. Now, for this one, I chose juggling because, I mean, what's funnier than juggling anyway? I mean, you're, you're going to get some laughs. You're going to drop some balls, whatever. Well, I, I somehow was able to talk to my best friend, and come came up there with me. So that helped me get over some of that fear, too. I had somebody there with me. By the way, he did offer it to help me out today. I didn't know if we could have a, a... Russ never has a background singer while he's preaching, so I didn't know how that would work. <laughs> but maybe we could t- figure that out for next time. If there's a next time. <laughs> uh, is there anything you guys are afraid of? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that most of us has some fear that just tangles us up inside. Maybe it's even strong enough to be called a phobia. Um, I just have a list of a few phobias here. Arachnophobia. Does everybody know what that means? That's a pretty popular one, right? They made a movie about that one. The fear of, the fear of spiders. Uh, there's one called ophidiophobia. Does anybody know what that means or know if I actually pronounce it correctly? That's, it's a big word. Um, that is the fear of snakes. I happen to know somebody that has that one, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, There's also ones uh, like uh, acrophobia, the fear of heights, which I feel like I'm standing on top of this podium right now and getting a little. We're going to get through that. Um, Or maybe claustrophobia, the fear of small spaces. There's also uh, one called glossophobia. Anybody know what that one is? It's the fear of public speaking. So I know somebody very close to me that has that one. so, yeah, I, I said i know somebody with uh, the fear of snakes. And I have a funny little story to tell real quick, if you guys don't mind. Um, she battled her phobia like a champ just about a week and a half ago. We were on vacation in Florida, and we were kayaking through the mangroves. Now, if you don't know what the mangroves are, it's it's all wooded area but you're in the water and there's little paths going through there there's barely enough room to get your paddle in the water sometimes and chris and i are in a uh, tandem kayak which is not very easy to move our son matthew is up in front of us guiding the way he likes to go a little slow and explore everything he can and take us in the tightest little areas well it just so happened that uh, as we're in one of these tight little areas, all of a sudden, this gigantic, humongous snake, it had to have been at least 12 inches long and about (laughs) as as big around as a pencil, decides to swim up and say hi to Chris. I I didn't know what was happening. I'm behind her. I can't see this gigantic snake. And all I know is that my ears are about to burst because she's at such a high pitch—scream, <laughs> cry, laugh—all at the same time. But luckily, she did—you know—she didn't have any issues with anything else. Uh, but I couldn't figure out wh- what she was even screaming about. And then I thought, oh, it must be a snake. I even said, "Is it in the boat?" And she's, all I could hear after that was, "If it was in the boat, I'd be in the water." <laughs> That she wasn't really realizing that there might be more in there in the water if she got in there, but anyway, it was it was quite fun. Um, and I just went right through that. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, I happen to be vat- battling one of my phobias right now, which is like we said, uh, talking in front of people. It's uh, it's interesting. I'm getting a little calmer because you guys are so awesome. Um, when I was asked to look at how I could relate to Moses, I was quite surprised. I thought, you know, well, how can I relate to Moses? My beard game is not nearly that good. And uh, man, I, I couldn't part any waters. I, the last time I was in the Illinois River, I was just trying not to drown during a triathlon. It was, that was a, a scary moment also. Almost as scary as this. Um, And if I turned anything into a snake, we know at least one person would run out of this room really fast. (laughs) Two, actually, it might be it might be up to five or six. I don't know. Um, I've noticed when uh, when watching movies like the the Ten Commandments movie that I mentioned earlier, or the Bible series, they happen to focus on these uh, the highlight reels for these biblical superheroes. you know, they they would be focused on the turning the blood, turning the water to blood, or parting the Red Sea, or, uh, or bringing down the Ten Commandments. That's a pretty good one too. All of all of this is good stuff. That's a, and that's what they focus on. But when we read the Bible, we see more of the story. Um, I'm going to get into Exodus now. If you have your Bibles, feel free to open them up, uh, or use the Bible app, or. Just follow along on this slide that I hope I made correctly um, we 're going to start at exodus three one, and I should have this water right here next to me. Um, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro his father in law the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that bush was on fire. It did not burn. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn. I mean, who wouldn't do that anyway, right? We're just, we see this crazy bush burning, and it's not burning? We're, we're going to just run up there and see that. Um, but this is kind of what I picture in my head. Uh, hello, uh, angel of the Lord calling. Uh, please hold for God. You know, he didn't have he didn't have cell phones or email. He couldn't just type something up. He had to he had to call him on this burning bush hotline. <laughs> no, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him with, from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, "Here I am." Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And uh, at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. I'm pretty sure that Moses knew right then this is about to get serious. Something's, something's going down now. I mean, I can't speak exactly for Moses, but I know I would be thinking, what did I do wrong to bring God down here to talk to me? <laughs> Uh, for me, it would be kind of like when I was growing up, my brother and I shared a bedroom. And we were close enough in age that there was often a little wrestling, a little noise. So you might just look up in the doorway and see your dad standing there. That's, that's kind of what I picture for this whole moment. So I can see why Moses would be afraid. Um hmm. But the Lord said in uh, verse 7, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Ammonites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are pressing them. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Can't you just picture Moses standing there now with a little, uh, say, what? Who are you sending? Where? I- I can imagine him being very scared. I know I would be. I can kind of imagine him saying stuff like, uh, you know, why why, why, am he, why, are you sending me? I'm not good enough. There's nothing special about me. Why should I go? Or maybe he'd just be saying, you know, I'm kind of busy right now. I've got my father in laws sheep. I've got a lot of other stuff going on. Or, or maybe he was just just afraid. Do you ever do that when, you, when God asks you to do something? Do you ever just get a little afraid or start making excuses of why you can't do this thing he's asking you to do? I know I made a lot of them before this. Uh, I mean, God, I don't even know what I'm saying there. Let's just go, let's just go to this next line here. I got a little lost. Um, That's funny. I just made that last little note, and it doesn't make any sense now. Um, So in chapter, or excuse me, verse 12, and God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign that you, this will be the sign to you that it is I that have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them the god of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me what is his name then what shall I tell them God says to Moses I am who I am this is what you are to say to the Israelites I am has sent you has sent me to you the, one of the things I find most interesting about this Section here is that God is already telling Moses what's going to happen when he's successful. He doesn't say, "If you bring the people out of Egypt," he says, "When you bring the people out of Egypt." So God already knows He's going to do it, even though Moses is still, you know, trying to get out of it. He also says, "I will be with you." I mean, shouldn't that be enough for any of us to just jump right up and go do whatever He's asking us to do? It's, it sounds really easy, but it's it's a little harder than that. Um, I mean, if God says, I will be with you, you would think it would be enough to go and get that job done, especially when he calls you directly from that uh, that burning bush hotline. I mean, that's pretty spectacular. Uh, this is where I can relate a little to Moses. I can relate to his fear. He didn't think he was special enough to do that. I, I've often felt that I'm not special enough to do anything to, uh, to, especially things that God wants me to do, those things sound too important for me to t- tackle um, it wasn 't that he didn 't want to do it it just that he, was, he just forgot that God was God. He forgot that the guy that was talking to him from the burning bush is going to be able to give him the words to use the words to say and and have his back. Uh, I think we all have those moments when we focus on the wrong thing. It's, uh, it's just real easy to see the potential trouble, to see where we could go wrong, where we might fail. <sighs> we focus on only what we can do. I, th- I think we need to focus more on uh, God and the amazing power He has to accomplish all things. He doesn't really even need us, but He, he chooses to use us. God's power is so much greater than our phobias. I'm going to kind of jump now to Exodus 4.1, where Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it down. So this is the first direction the Lord's giving him. He finally follows, I think, without too much question. He throws it down. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it like we talked about earlier I'm pretty sure quite a few of us would be running from this snake regardless of where it came from or maybe especially because of where it came from Um, then the Lord said to him reach out your hand and take it by the tail I'm sure of one person that would probably fight that to the death (laughs) some of us might because God is telling us be able to do that so Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, of, that the, Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. What I like here is that God is giving Moses tools to use. He does the same thing for us. He prepares us for the things He has planned for us, even standing up here talking in front of people when you're really afraid of it. It might be as simple as just the people He puts in your life or just little lessons you learn in your day-to-day life. Uh, You may not even notice what these these lessons are or who these special people are, but I bet if you look back... Um, you can see where God gave you some special gift or some special purpose that you didn't know you'd need. Maybe he just put that, someone, that special someone in your life, and it, that person's going to help you conquer some of your fears or phobias. Oh, I got through that easier than I thought I would. That's great. <laughs> Now, we jump to Exodus 10, and Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. I may not be slow of tongue, but I can relate to Moses here. I... uh, I'm pretty sure I'd be more likely to be described as a little goofy and uh, a little sarcastic, especially on a Sunday afternoon with no sleep. Uh, could you have followed? Uh, God could have followed this with, uh, you're also a little hard to convince, or didn't I already say I would be with you? I mean, God's still trying to encourage Moses to do this thing he's asking to do, and Moses is still fighting it all the way. Uh, but instead, the Lord said to him, "Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. Now after that, surely Moses is ready. To just, he's just taken off, ready to go do this, right? No, not quite. Got to tell him again, I'll be with you, but he's still not ready. Um, and then verse 13, Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. He's just flat out saying, no, I don't, I don't want to do it. I can't. I, I don't think I can do this. Uh, I mean, it seems to me like Moses is saying, sure, you said you're, you're going to be with me, but how's that going to work? Do I just bring this bush with me? Or are you going to be like right there giving me the words? I mean, they didn't have these cool headphones and stuff. He wasn't going to be just speaking to him in his ear. Moses is still trying to get out of it. And then God says, okay, well, I tell you what, I'm going to send your brother Aaron over to to you and take him with you. I'll give you the words you give him to Aaron. So God is still getting him to do this thing that he wants him to do. I think sometimes things sound good and we know that uh, they should be done, but we think, uh, man, I wish somebody else would do those things. (laughs) I might be the only one, but I'm pretty sure some of us have had a time when we didn't think we were good enough. There is a big difference between knowing what God wants us to do and having the courage to do it. I think the real courageous part is having the faith that God is the one doing it. Uh, We just need to give ourselves to him so he can use us. Moses tried to convince God that he was not the right man for the job that didn't work out for him, and it won't work out for us. I mean, Moses did accomplish some amazing things when he let God use him. He, he did get the Israelites out of Egypt. He did part the Red Sea, and he did uh, just uh, lead the Israelites for such a long time and bring down those Ten Commandments. Where would we be without those? Did I just hear a noise like a duck quacking or something? Okay. I was like, wow. This fear is really getting the best of me now. That was the words from heaven. <laughs> That's, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, God has the power to do all things, like make little duck noises when you're right in the middle of this. Uh, he can use us to accomplish so much if we just allow him. If we choose to believe in his power and choose to believe that his power is greater than our phobia. Have you ever done that? Has, has God asked you to do something and you just tried to get out of it as any way you could? For, for me, the list starts uh, uh, a long time ago um, with, why don't you go to church with us? I've been, I was asked for close to 20 years, why don't you come to church with us sometime? took a long time to convince me. Um, But now I just can't imagine a week without it. Next came, uh, why don't you uh, help us out with first impressions? That one was a little easier. I can say hi to one person at a time. I'm not so intimidated there. So that one didn't take long at all. And I do still enjoy that. You might see me in the parking lot more often than not. That's my specialty. (laughs) Like I even opened car doors. I mean, I don't know if everybody else does that for you guys, but um, i have even been known to carry a kid in a cho- Um The next thing was, uh, I think you'd be getting a kid's room. That one took a little more convincing. My kids are grown. I'm uh, kind of done with that whole thing. I constantly use the excuse that kids don't like me. And uh, that just wasn't enough. God still used the right people to ask me (laughs) enough times (sighs) by the way I love everybody's kids they're awesome I don't know if I'm I hope I'm not in there next two weeks but I'll be in there soon again Um, after that came um, why don't you do a, a small group I said, "Well, how can I do a smoker? I don't know that I don't know enough about this Bible stuff." And uh, man, it, it was—I was a little nervous about having people at my house. I'm typically not quite a hermit, but I could be if, if if I had the chance. I think. Um. By the way, Growth Group meets at my house on Monday nights when it starts up again, and uh, I just—I just love our group. Whew. I don't want to sound like I'm bragging too much, but our our group is like a little family. <laughs> 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 <Ugh>! <laughs> Thought I had it. Really close. Right. right back at you. Uh, I'm just going to leave this right here. Um, the last one that uh is more current, it's when I was asked to join the uh, teaching team and uh, why don't you write a Write a message. Stand up in front of everybody and give it. Amazingly, that one didn't take that long, and I don't know why. I think I, I want to say Russ and I were on our way to Chicago for something when he was asking me this one, and I started the I started the explanation or my answer with, you know, my first answer is always no. I just always say no. I don't. I don't feel confident enough with this stuff. I said, but somehow. I'm being told to say yes. So here we are. (laughs) Um, I'm still very scared, but I chose to trust that the power of God could help me overcome my phobia. Uh, I'm trying to find my freedom on the other side of my fear. Have we been doing this for about two hours already? How's it? How long does this feel? Anybody have the time? <sighs> okay, nine minutes. That's that's not where. Yeah, we should be about done then. I'm not sure what the next page is. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure what God has asked me to do next. But I hope I will continue to remember that He is God, and I can do amazing things when He guides me. You see, God had already decided that Moses was his man. Even if he had to send his brother along with him and change some of the, some of the ways he was going to do it. Maybe God already knew that Moses was going to be a little hard to, uh, to get to go. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Um, God already knows what he's going to do with us too. He knows where he wants us to be. He knows what he wants us to do. The funny thing is he still gives us the chance to choose whether we go that way or not. It's not, always to be sure, it's not always easy to be sure what God wants us to do. And it's even harder to believe that uh, we can do these amazing things when, when he works through us. I mean, Moses was getting his instructions from a burning bush that wasn't burning, but he still didn't understand that that same God was going to give him the words to speak. Uh, the th- only thing he had to do was say, okay, God, use me. This is where I can relate to Moses again. And I think we all sometimes forget there's a big difference between what we can do on our own and what God can do through us. God's power is greater than our phobias and it's always going to be greater than our phobias. It may look like these biblical superheroes could do amazing things, but they were just people like us. Until... They allowed God to use them. This is when all the amazing things happened. Uh, God likely, likely won't be asking any of us to free his people or uh, part any Red Seas or, uh, I don't know, bring any locusts or anything like that. Uh, but what kind of amazing things might he want us to do? Some of them might be simple. Some of them might be just as he praying for something. It might be as simple as just saying hello to someone that you don't know. that just needed to know that they were loved. I'm going to finish up with just three little choices that we can, we can all make, I think to make our lives better. And, uh, just I don't know and just further the kingdom of God I think we all need to choose to believe that we are good enough and by that I just mean that we're good enough for God to use we need to choose to believe in God's power we need to choose to pray and listen to God and find out what these things are that God wants us to do And then you need to choose to let God use you. And you need to remember that God's power is greater than our phobia. (sighs) I think I've just figured it out, that God's power is greater than my phobia. However, I do have one more fear that I have to conquer here in just a moment. Will you guys all pray with me? Dear Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity to get up here and, and conquer my fear and to just allow your power to flow and just believe in your amazing, amazing power. Lord, I ask that we all, we all have that ability. We all, I ask that you just guide us all where you need us. You help each and every one of us conquer our fears that we always remember that you are God and that we don't have to accomplish anything on our own. We forget our pride and we just let you use us. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.